podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everyone, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the number one podcast about Star Trek that is hosted by me and Andy. I'm Matt. That's Andy. I don't know what's happening. He's supposed to say, I'm Andy right there. Uh, I forgot to plug in my thing, so there'll be background noise on that. Should we start over? (laughs) I'm Matt. I'm Andy. (laughs) Did you want to leave that same podcast you love, just worse. Uh, no, I'm Boy, kidding, everyone. They love it. Come on. It Matt just shows edits. that uh, even their uh, <laughs> personal podcast heroes are human. <laughs> it's, it's nice that you've built your, your hatred of editing into our brand. Well, look, it's not a hatred. It's just a... Uh, uh, okay, I don't like it very much. I don't mind it. I anyway, welcome, it. everybody. How's everybody's week been? Fun? <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, it's uh, you might hear some helicopters. You might hear some sirens. You might hear... Uh, who knows? I've heard glass shattering nearby. I've heard a lot of different things. Uh, the sure. Gunshots, smoke. Um, yep. yep. Tons of yep. stuff. Matt and I... Uh, I it's really, anyone in this, at this, in this podcast, anyone listening to this podcast, um, primarily in America could be near a hot spot matt and i were uh definitely at a focal point the other night uh went to uh, a protest uh i luckily uh, was not there uh, with the one at fairfax was luckily not there when the uh when the stuff started um so if uh if any of you were uh god bless you for your bravery and um and uh, so sorry uh if you were caught in anything Please be safe. Yes. Be safe. Be heard. And uh, we support you. <laughs> but we're in the future now. <laughs> we are in the future. Century. It is it's, definitely... There could a, be no no greater relief. Well, I'm sure there could be greater relief. You could, uh, you could uh, end the injustice. But <laughs> in terms of a short-term solution, watching Star Trek uh, really is uh, comforting. Uh yeah, we look to the future when they've uh, figured this all out. They've they've discovered uh, the error of the ways of the current times and have gone, you know what? Everybody, get on board. We got a ship yeah. to fly. For sure. Uh, in this episode, it's uh, called The Next Phase. It's season five, episode 24, and I can very easily answer this question for everybody. So here we go. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? I for sure would. It's great. Nice. There you go. Yeah. I mean, nobody's asking me, but I agree. No one is asking <laughs> you, Andy. Nobody Stop cares. Stop trying to answer. <laughs> I apologize. Gosh. Um, yeah. You want to so scoot it, into the Admirals Club? It's uh, it's going to be a good one. Let's head over and see who the latest uh, entrants are of the Admirals Club. 
Some people had uh, mentioned that uh, maybe, uh, I think during the, the this week, the music was a little bit loud, so you might want to just edge that down today. Don't, um, tell me, don't tell me how to do this, everyone. I apologize. I've been doing it forever. I'm a yes, junior officer. Yes, I do officer. it wrong 60% of the time, <laughs> but there's 40% where it's pretty good. <laughs> How would Jordy feel about that efficiency rating? Well, I mean, he'd probably stay up all night trying to teach me how to podcast correctly. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Uh, Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? They just head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. You can say whatever you want, but uh, as long as it's five stars, you will be eligible to be uh, welcomed on this very podcast to the Admirals Club. Andy, who's the first one? It's Tamu Hawk, um, who says, just started to listen while in quarantine. Welcome. Can't uh, wait to listen to all the episodes and catch up. We can't wait either, buddy. And you'll have this reward of being mentioned waiting for you for whatever it's worth. Oh, um, he's going in order. He's not like uh, bookending. That's good. It'll be a nice surprise when he gets. Yeah, that'll be surprising. Yeah, I do wonder in. if people, when they start up the podcast, if they go sort of, if they selectively episodes, if they start in the middle somewhere. What they I do. always say Let the best know. thing to do about with podcasts is to like listen to the most recent like two, and mm-hmm. if you like it, then jump back and start o- it over because the first episodes of any podcast, you know, the podcasts evolve, so uh, they're never going to be exactly like that first couple. No, but you want to know all the details and the canon and the specifics yeah, so of the world. I say grab the two most recent, listen to it, and then head on back for the back catalog and enjoy the journey. It's definitely an interesting game to figure out where in a podcast it got like. Great. Season, season <laughs> we got three. to be the one. That, that's where we got great. Season three, yeah. When, we, when I grew my beard. <laughs> um, red stick, redhead. Um, sorry. I'm going to avoid a prime corrective. I know Riker got a beard in season two. Thank you. Was it season two? That was a preemptive, uh, preemptive prime corrective shutdown. Interesting. Um, anyway, red stick, redhead writes us. Is this a quarterly subscription club? Will there be seasonally themed boxes with Troy-approved gourmet co- chocolates? <laughs> or, I don't know how to say this, bromeliad seeds? How do you say that? I do don't know. Never even heard that word. All Chances right. are, well, if it's a seed, I don't know. Sorry, I'm mangling your joke, friend. Uh, or space towels. Also, I love this podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you. We, we love, love you. Oh, took the words right out of my mouth, Andy. We I said I said you. we love you first. <laughs> he did. That's why he took them. I'd like them back someday. And the last one is from James Steele, who writes, greatly enjoyed listening to your thoughts on the TNG shows. <laughs> oh, well, that James Steele, that is short and to the point, and I appreciate you. So here we go. Let's get out of here. Very good. And that was the Admiral's Club. Okie dokie. Andy, I suppose we should head over to the President's Circle. Why not? The United Federation of Planets President Circle. We're here. The food's a little better than the Admirals Club. How do you get in here? Well, you head over to Patreon.com. Support the podcast. Patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. There you can, too, become a member of the President's Circle. 
and uh, get yourself uh, currently up to four podcasts extra every single month. Uh, Lieutenant's Level gets two, and the President's Circle gets a whopping four. Voyager, Enterprise, Discovery, the latest of the Marvels. Check That's it right. out. There's a breakdown on the on the page of uh, what happens, what week, to what level. Um, and uh, we're going to award our Christopher Pike Medal of Valor to a very self-serving uh, choice. Uh, it's Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, who, gave, who went to the trouble. Uh, I assume he's got just as much time in quarantine as we do on his hands. Um, remember quarantine? Remember when quarantine was the thing we were worried about? Isn't that funny? Before, uh, yeah, before America started to <laughs> dissolve well, into martial law. It had always been bubbling under the surface. I'm glad people are just finally getting heard. Sure. Um, it doesn't sound like I'm implying that I don't think that, does it? Well, so I, I think that's my the language. danger we run into here when we start talking about it. And uh, I would say we shouldn't. Oh, well. Yes, I'm here to <laughs> wholeheartedly agree. Um, okay, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins says he gives us a breakdown of all the content at our request oh. <laughs> on the Patreon. As of, and this was this is uh, I think before, so it was uh, May 26th, 2020, there are 55 TNC podcast episodes available on Patreon. The total length is 103 hours, 5 minutes and 4 seconds. Um, it's impossible it's possible that I missed something, <laughs> but here are the details at the lieutenant level, 46 hours 34 seconds and seven, 34 minutes and 7 seconds. Um, there's some miscellaneous stuff. Sure. Um, and then uh, he has those breakdowns that I'm not going to uh, bother you with. And then at the president's level, it's 56 hours, 30 minutes, and 57 seconds. Additional. That's on top of the 46 you were getting. Correct. So there you go. Thank you so much for doing that math for us, Jeff. So if you're at home and you want something to listen to, there it is. So much. And for your trouble, you have been awarded a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor, which we uh, select from the Priority One messages. Uh, we have a special, uh, a special post, so you can put your comments and questions there. And uh, I will give it special attention, except for this last week, wherein something was distracting me so completely that I uh, forgot to put up the post. My apologies to our lieutenants and presidents, um, although your, your uh, content was still put up. Um, so we'll that's double our efforts. Christopher Pike medal. Uh, let's go now to the priority one messages in general. Okie dokie. Captain, incoming message. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Our first is from Lieutenant Andrew Wyman, who writes, Hey, Matt and Andy, I noticed something I had never before in a previous episode. I noticed something I never had before. That's what you said, the way you say it. In previous episode, I Borg. In the scene where Hugh gets his name, uh, he actually asks the question, do I have a name? Making this the first time he uses I. However, immediately afterward, he says we and Hugh are Hugh. The scene comes about 19 minutes, 45 seconds uh, into the show. I wondered what your thoughts were on this and if this was intentional or mistake on the actor's part. Uh, if not, then Beverly and Jordy could have saved us all a lot of time. Or yeah. perhaps they were hiding that milestone for Picard so that he could witness it himself for the first time, much like a parent pretending uh, to another parent that their child is 
standing for the first time when in reality they did it the day before but one parent forgot to record it for the other parents so they had to pretend it was the first time um sorry for that digression i'm stuck at home with a baby during this outbreak thanks again sincerely lieutenant a wyman um yeah uh, let me look it up, actually, now that we're on the topic. I've got to assume that's script. scripted, and I also have to assume that it, it was makes a mistake less by sense that Jordy and Crusher would be so aware of that. As Picard, who, is, yes. who was a Borg himself. Yes. I think that's right. So I'm, uh, I'm going to look it up this up later so we can keep this thing moving. Um, another... Uh, priority one message is from Lieutenant Joseph Parker who writes us hi Matt and Andy this episode is of course the best of TNG however I can't help but think it would have been super easy to fool the Borg and make them think Hugh was destroyed in the crash I highly doubt they've accumulated Sherlock Holmes I think he meant assimilated Uh, they seem more likely to accept the simplest explanation so a bit of DNA and a few Borg components from Hugh and they'd conclude he was dead and leave without a second thought Lieutenant Joseph Parker. And he says, P.S., my name wasn't read in this episode's shout-out. However, Lieutenant Parker, you were only at the lieutenant's level. You, uh, we saved the, uh, the really, the d- just delicious uh, name shout-outs for the uh, president's level. Uh, but thank you for your support, nonetheless. And uh, that is it for the Priority One messages. Oh, actually, Thanks. sorry. There's oh. one more. I apologize. Andy lied. Andy lied. I apologize. Lieutenant Anthony Wiper writes us, uh, Hey, guys. Picard has a plan to hide in the coronasphere of the star while the Borg ship collects Hugh. Awesome idea until you told Hugh all about it. Information that would be instantly downloaded by the Borg as soon as they uh, reassimilated him. Awesome podcast as always. Tony. Okay, now we're Yeah, on. but at that point, they, they, they could have been like, let's warp the fuck out of here. Uh, what do you mean? Like, they could have run away. I understand, but his point is they shouldn't have said it in front of Hugh. <laughs> Fair. That's, you know because because as, soon as, as soon as they assimilate Hugh, then they'll know where the Enterprise is hiding. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get out of the president circle before they find out where we're going. Very good. And now you can open up the hail bag. Oh, I sure can. can. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. You know what? I um, I really screwed this up today, guys. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot that's distracted me. <laughs> so there's one hail that I thought was in the regular hail bag. And you know what? It belongs in Priority One Messages. Uh, priority One Message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. And as a matter of fact, for various reasons, I'm going to give this guy uh, another Medal of Valor. Another Pike Medal of Valor. <laughs> All right, let's go back in. <laughs> the United Federation of Planets President's Circle. Look, he, he's sitting up there at the table of honor. He's wondering what happened. He thought he was going to get awarded. We announced it. And he's like, wait, the, the, whole, the whole ceremony's over? I put on my um, dress uniform for nothing? And I'll tell you... Uh, this is uh, Lieutenant Alex Kubrick, who I mentioned in a previous podcast, I think when we were doing the uh, the roll call, 
Um, and he says, hey, Matt and Andy, I've been listening to the pod since I heard Matt on the Nerdist podcast and searched to see if I could find this guy talking more about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, my comment on iBorg. I get that Picard's hate for the Borg is irrational, but he especially should understand that he was only a cog in the machine and has no choice in his actions. Also, war or no war, I'm pretty sure Starfleet has something in their charter that outlaws genocide. That seems reasonable. Um, finally, I wrote in because you asked no, me to. No, that's not true, because in oh. the original series, Here there we go. is a planetary uh, destruction protocol that they have available to them that, uh, as a threat, Kirk tells Scotty to prepare for. And Scotty goes, like, oh, I Captain. So there is a let's wipe out the planet are they base? Are you basing that on that he decides he is going to wipe out the planet? Or are you basing that on they no, it's say like, it's like called prepare for blah blah blah? Protocol, oh, they whatever. actually have a so literal protocol it. for it. That they is crackers. So I guess it makes is, sense. It might not, and with might not be in with, the charter with people on it with people oh, on yeah, the planet. Bro. Come on! Whoa, that is crazy town. Um, I guess you know sometimes you got to do what you got to do, but that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, apologies for of... hearing horns honking or helicopters flying overhead, everyone. It sounds quiet at my it's end. busy in the uh, president's circle. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, so here is the rest of his uh, hail. Um, finally, I wrote in because you asked me to. From what I've been told, because I was asking him, is he related to Stanley Kubrick? Uh, from what I've been told, my family, by my family... Uh, Stanley Kubrick was my grandfather's uncle, so yes, I am related. If I remember correctly, my sister exchanged letters with him when she was younger and dreamed of being an actress. Oh, man. <laughs> this seems like this is, this is something you don't have access to, but I would love to hear those letters. <laughs> if, if, you know, it's uh, you got time on your plate. Um, I know this email's long, but my earliest TV memories were watching Star Trek with my dad, and he passed away a month ago from cancer. Um, and sorry we haven't been that. able... Yes, yeah, so sorry. Our deepest condolences. And we haven't been able to have a funeral, so if you could just read out, rest in peace, Jeffrey Kubrick, please. Absolutely. Jeffrey uh, Kubrick, may you find peace in the galaxy, hopefully uh, in a cool torpedo tube amongst the stars. He's got to be in Stovacor. That's what I'm assuming. So, of course, the... The place where the warriors are all... Maybe he gets through the big barrier at the center of the galaxy and meets that alien that's pretending to be God. Yes, I watched (laughs) Star Trek V yesterday as well, Andy. Um, I forgot to post that. Yesterday I watched... Wait, let me finish... Let three, me finish four, this before you get on to that. Six. I watched the three, four, five, and six yesterday. Uh, it would be nice for other Star Trek fans to hear and honor his name. Uh, there you go. Uh, rest in peace, Jeffrey Kubrick. Uh, thank you so much, sir. Uh, he finishes with thanks. Stay safe, everyone. Um, and uh, that's it. Um, Jeffrey, I am glad that we came back in. I hope you enjoy your medal. Indeed. Are we giving? You deserve it. I guess we a posthumous medal is awarded to Jeffrey. Sure. Uh, now, Andy. Yes. Shall we? We're done now. Continue outside yes. of the president's circle. Yes, I. I really. 
I really want to own up to making that the messiest hell back. <laughs> I really apologize. That's all on me. Uh, there was a lot of things, a lot of factors could work here, and uh, and I'll I'll do better. Where's that? Where's that cue? Uh, Andy, you will always uh, you always get a pass here. It's hard, you know. If you join uh, the Patreon, I will learn to do better, sir. Star Trek, uh, sorry, at patreon.com uh, forward slash Star Trek TNC. Uh, I will, <laughs> from now on, post the priority one messages. Um, otherwise, you can write us at sdtncpod at gmail.com. Um, the gentleman on the screen in front of me is at Matt Myra on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Andrew Secunda on Twitter. Uh, sorry, I'm at Andrew Secunda on Instagram, at Secunda on Twitter, or you can send us a voice hail, keep it under a minute, at 816-TREK-TNC. That's it. What, what was that? Let's, what? What was what, the hailing bag? The hail bag is open. I, 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 these were, I read all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. what I was saying. It was okay. a mess. I okay. made a giant mess out of it. It was even messier than I thought it was. That's yeah, amazing. no, I was trying to tell you. Oh, okay. It's insanity. Well, I guess now that that's out of the way, it's our shortest top of episode ever, everyone. Yeah. I can't believe it. Thank God. <laughs> some people time. love it. Uh, some people have issues with it. And that's uh, why we write... That's the way we write in the description when uh, the show proper starts. Yes, and here is how you know the show proper starts. We crossed many doors to many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. Sit comfortably in your humble abode. Let's talk about this week's episode. Yes, it's this week's episode. It's the next phase, which aired the week of May 18th, 1992. Andy, tell us. What was happening out there in the world? Well, Matt, the number one song in the U.S. was Still Jump by Criss Cross. What? It's an undeniably catchy song. Uh, in the U.K., they were still listening to Please Don't Go by KWS. Mm-hmm. No memory of that. Uh, the top movie was Lethal Weapon 3. Number one book was Jewels by Danielle Steele. And the number one TV show that week was Murphy Brown. Some events. Uh, Johnny Carson hosts The Tonight Show for the last time. Crazy. VP Dan Quayle gives his famous Murphy Brown speech. And Amy Fisher shoots Mary Jo Budafuku. Budafuku. Remember that uh, Dan Quayle's speech was about how Murphy Brown was having a child out of wedlock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wanted to cover all his bases. Ugh. All right, everyone. It's, don't you look back on those times? <laughs> Andy. <laughs> All right. We're in the future. Everything's okay up here. All right. Fly. Oops. <laughs> now I'm doing things wrong. A lot of stuff. Uh, Frank Sinatra, oh. come on. Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on. <laughs> All right, Andy, what was going on with the chairman me to the of the board in 1992? I'll tell you, buddy, Frank was preparing to head overseas for the Let first time in seven months. He would be performing in London like the following week. During this period, Frank was also overseeing finishing touches on the construction 
of his 5,800-square-foot uh, oh house in Malibu with Ooh. seven bedrooms and nine baths. In other words. The house went on the market at the end of 2018 Baby, for $12.9 million. Way to go, Frankie. Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. I wonder if uh, Nancy you sold it. are all I long for. No, uh, yes, she did. And I can nice. tell you how I know that is a crazy coincidence. Our former... Uh, only sponsor. If you have an idea for a sponsor, please contact them. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, Corey Dacey uh, from uh, the um, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, mm -hmm. um, which are no longer our sponsors. Don't support them anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, he was he was so heroic in in uh, in forwarding our cause there and uh, doing special discounts and such for such a long time. He wrote me. And his former boss there owns uh, Frank's Frank's estate in uh, in Palm Springs that we were what? asking about. Oh Isn't my that god! Crazy. And it's apparently because he's obsessed with Marilyn Monroe, who was who was supposed to have hung out there. Wow, um, that's pretty dope. That? Can you imagine well, like Frank Sinatra a, a hanging tenuous, out with? We have a tenuous connection to Frank Sinatra's Palm Springs place. We sure do. And I said, "Do you think if if uh, Matt or I became an eccentric millionaire, if we would, uh, if your boss would uh, be interested in selling it?" He said, "Never. <laughs> no, so. he won't. No, but he'll rent it out to us on Airbnb." That's true. Yeah. Uh, all so, right. Matt, before we get into the show, do you want to talk about? <laughs> you texted me yesterday, and you were watching Star Trek Four, and then you went on to Star Trek. Whoa! Sorry, everyone. That's that's the in the mail in the hail bag, which we never played. But uh, the uh, Star Trek Four. Oh, I, I was watching Star Trek Four. This is the episode. I don't know why we're talking about this now. We played the indie episode thing. Oh, we don't have to. We can do, Look, do whatever you want. Here's I was what trying I'm to do saying. it before we got into the episode fully. But I understand that to you, when we get into this day in Trek, we're talking about the episode. The uh, problem I have with Star Trek Four when I watched it yesterday was that. Uh, they all know San Francisco well. They all went to Starfleet Academy. I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't know where the naval base in Alameda is. It's true. Although my friend John said to me, well, that's probably because by then it's called Cochrane Bay or something. And I was like, you know what? I'll allow it. Is it in Alameda? Is, is Starfleet in Alameda? Or is the, is no, the, but they would know where Alameda is in reference to San Francisco. Right. They would just know the location. Yeah. Sure. It's over the Bay yeah. Bridge. It's on the right. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder why they said it there if they weren't going to tie that in. Well, I mean, they sort of did. I mean, they say it doesn't look all that different, and then, you know. Oh, they do. Sulu's okay. like, I was born here. Oh. And sadly, oh, right. well, there's no mind. Han Solo to go, you're going to die here. <laughs> remember yeah. on Tatooine? No, I remember that part. Yeah. I wish that someone said that to Sulu. <laughs> Okay. Anyway. <laughs> you want it to be more like Star Wars? <laughs> I wanted it to be more like Star Wars in that instance, because I always remember that joke, and I always forget which movie it's in, and then no one says it in Star Trek. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Star Wars. <laughs> that following. being said, I'm going to read from Dr. Trek's book called Star Trek The Next Generation, the uh, companion revised edition. This is from Dr. Larry, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek's book. This is uh, directed, uh, the next phase, directed by David Carson, written by Ronald D. Moore. 
Picard offers aid to erect Romulan science ship, but the rescue mission ends in tragedy when Roe and LaForge apparently die in a transporter accident. The two rematerialize on board the Enterprise, but somehow remain unseen. Roe thinks she is dead when she discovers that she can pass through walls and that others can walk through her. She locates LaForge, who wants to find a reason for other than death for their state, and they learn their presence causes chroniton particles, a harmless byproduct of cloaking devices. They soon deduce the truth thanks to an ill-fated test by Romulans. They are cloaked. <laughs> it says it with an exclamation point, so I <laughs> tried to give it, imbue it with what the author Nemechek couldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, as the Enterprise delivers an energy beam to the Romulan vessel to help it power up, Data attempts to clear the ship of a series of puzzling chroniton fields. Uh, using an Anion beam. The android is puzzled, however, when he finds new fields keep popping up all over the ship. Roe and LaForge are trying to get Data's attention by leaving lots of tracks so they can warn him about the Romulan's plan to cause a residual feedback in the energy loop and blow up the starship once it goes into warp. Their task is made considerably more difficult, though, when they encounter a Romulan who is also cloaked. Finally, LaForge and Roe discover a way to leave enough chroniton uh, chronotons to force Data to, into using a maximum level spray of Anion, causing them to reappear right in the middle of their own memorial service and in the nick of time to save the ship. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> it was fun. Uh, all right, let's uh, hop in. I like... Uh, oh, Andy, have you clicked on the link? Uh, I mean, no, I haven't. What, what are you? Uh, my boss? Um, no, I'm, I'm just here to... Uh, see here like I put it in the regular chat but there we go I'll put it right there for you I got it um, FYI I uh, I looked up iBorg in that moment that I was not paying attention and um, and he does say uh, I earlier in the script so that is a problem in the screen screenplay of the or TV show or it's intended or it's intended yeah well that doesn't seem right well, you, think, you, you as well as I do know how many people are looking at that thing. You know what I mean? I think it was an oversight. Do I have a name? That's the, Why would they have set that up? The, I think he becomes an I as they teach him about uh, individuality. I don't think it's an oversight. He's asking for a name. I think that's the first piece of the puzzle. Not the last piece. I think... I think it. W I think it was a mistake. I I don't agree with you. I think that they just overlooked that that was I the mean, first time he says. You're telling I. me no script supervisor said, "Hey, he says I here." Uh, yeah, I think that is what happened. <sighs> wow, calling out Star Trek script supervisor Andy Secunda, or the script supervisor said it, and the director was like, "It's in the script. Let's just shoot it," which is frequently what happens with poor script supervisors. <laughs> Well, who can go. often be annoying and often insanely helpful and on top of it. <laughs> yes. Very um, true. So anyway, uh, I have my screen open. I'm all ready to go. Thank you. We... That's what the sound of the engine Time is. Time, Mr. Data. We will arrive within transporter range in 3 minutes, 21 seconds. Finally established audio contact with the Romulan ship. Our main power is failing. There's no way to stop the overload. Enterprise, a Romulan vessel. We are en route to your position. Surprise. What is it? We are facing a difficult Repeat your last transmission. Sorry, Captain. They've stopped transmitting. We got a Riker. Riker here. Transport to the Romulan ship as soon as we're within range. Aye, sir. No weapons. We don't want them to think they're under attack. 
this is not a bright idea. I beg your pardon, Ensign? I didn't quite catch that. <laughs> Nothing, sir. I love their relationship. I love that they continue to be dicks to each other. I love that uh, Commander Riker is like, we're on the Enterprise, guys. Let's be better. With the with the with the weapons for sure. I mean, with everything, with, with her and her under the breath attitude problem. Think there's any treacherous tall Shiar ass on that ship? Oh, good question. I think a couple of them are really give the day to the evil eye there when he's uh, popping around the ship. Ocean in the resonator coil. It's a pretty strange setup, but it looks like the graviton field generator has been completely depolarized. There's no way to fix it. It'll have to be replaced. Where are your replicators? They are offline. Who's in charge here? The captain is dead. I'm I the am. science officer, Mirok. We'd like to move this generator back to the Enterprise for replication. All right. Jordy, you and Rowe. So Force of Browser, two people and one piece of equipment to beam aboard. Aye, sir. It's interesting they were switching places. I thought at this point it was going to turn into one of those Enemy Within episodes. Oh, sure, were... yeah. Or like uh, Tuvix. Tuvix, yeah. <laughs> I do not need to see a Jordy Rowe. <laughs> it would be Lafro. That would be the name. Lafro. Uh, it would be uh, probably Lauren Lafro. Just as bad an episode. What the hell? I'll tell you. Uh, Who is this lady? Chief, this is Brosmer. Brosmer who is this lady? By. Who's, who's McDowell? I don't, someone, know, I don't know who all these new people replace, are. Someone needed to replace Chief O'Brien. Chief O'Brien has gone over to the D-Space 9 at this point. Oh, he has? I believe so, yeah. Bunch of temps. <laughs> also, none of them seem to be that good at their job, frankly. Uh, yeah. They do but... a little bit more screening. Wait, is this one? Oh, God. Maybe O'Brien's not over there yet. He's not. He's not over there yet, everyone. Well, then bring O'Brien in. Season six. So you can spend this much time on him. I'll tell you where Convini is. He's shooting the Englishman who went up a hill and came down a mountain. Yeah. That's what I say every time he's not on the show. Virtual Commander Riker, I'm losing them. I have to avoid. They should be returning to your coordinates, sir. Chief, do you have them or not here? No, sir. Where are they? I can't locate their patterns. We've lost them, sir. Who gave O'Brien vacation days? I think that uh, great cold open and... uh, Oh, my God. What a great teaser. And, you know, just Ronald D. Moore, man. Can't take it away from that guy. (laughs) He is. No one's trying to, Andy. I just, I just wish everybody would stop bashing Ronald D. Moore and saying he's not a good writer. He's really fantastic, bro. We gotta watch Battlestar Galactica. I don't know what you're doing. This I'm guy, watching, this guy's I'm the best. Outlander. It's his best show ever. 
I cannot believe that you are watching Outlander. Not, You're I'm not watching Battles. Not okay. Watching okay. <laughs> I don't know if Dory roped you into it. <laughs> no. Although, frankly, I watched a couple of episodes of Outlander, and that also is good. The guy's I'm just sure good. It is. The guy's but yeah, what good. a freaking tight I'm watch, teaser. I'm watching for all mankind. I'm sorry, I can't be bothered. Was that good? It's Ronald D. Moore. Of course, it's good. Have I watched um, it? No, not really. So I love they leave their weapons behind. I love. Uh, um, I love that that it ends with friggin' <laughs> Ensign Rose a ghost. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just such a great teaser. Um, and I uh, um, oh, I do have a question. Shouldn't why why is Data not already on this away mission in this crisis situation? It's like he sort of appears when they need him, but it's like, well, why well, weren't you there? The shuttle over. I think he's on the ship monitoring all of the shit that's happening. He's just needed everywhere. Yeah, he's, well, he's needed at Ops right now. They've sent over the chief engineer, and for some reason, the helmsman. Remember we talked about the helmsman not going on away missions? This just proved me wrong. Yeah. Whoops. Oh, and the one last thing was uh, the moment, which I think I think might be Troy's only moment in the show. Yes, where she doesn't She goes uh, unable to locate them, and he looks at her counselor, and she kind of looks at him like, what? What is it? <laughs> It's like I'm asking you oh, about the. Oh right. yeah. The, um, oh no, I don't sense anything. I don't sense anything. nothing. He right just now. nods. She doesn't even say a line. Yeah, you would think this is. It's an interesting uh, juggling act with her because you can't really tell the story with her because yeah. she should be able to sense their presence. Okay, so I also like that we sort of see the immediate aftermath of a of a, of a transporter death. This is sort of reminiscent of. Uh, day to day when the uh, transporter accident happened yeah involving uh, the the Vulcan ambassador who was really a Romulan Mr. Data begin a level one diagnostic all transporter systems offline until further notice could they have materialized somewhere else negative captain sensors are unable to locate them anywhere within transporter range counselor what oh uh now. Riker to Enterprise. <laughs> Go ahead, number one. Captain, we're still looking at a core breach. Unless we can fashion a new graviton generator. I need replacement personnel, sir. Mr. Data, continue the diagnostic of the transporter systems at another time. Take a shuttlecraft and two more engineers down to the Romulan ship. Aye, sir. Mr. McDowell, alert the main shuttle bay to have all available ships and pilots standing by in case we need them. Aye, sir. Ensign. Stay in a course away from the Romulan vessel and engage at warp one if you detect any sign it's going to explode. It's a real who's that of Starfleet bridge officers today. <laughs> it really is. It's completely confusing. I mean, if, well, if you think about it, you got to like, if you get, uh, you got to get uh, Roe uh, over there with Jordy. So that immediately is like, there goes our helmsman and there goes our chief engineer. Then you got to get, you need Worf over there and, and, and Riker. I really don't know if, yeah, I don't but know you, if you Riker bring data over, over later. Uh, that's probably the reason that they that they that data comes late to the party on the Romulan ship so that they could have you know Picard not talking to a bunch of day players in that scene but it's weird it is usually i feel like they have a better divvying up even if like crusher was on the bridge it'd be better it's also weird that crusher's not over at the medical emergency on the other ship uh excellent point andy thank you I 
I was really worried he was going to go into his ready room off by himself again. Like, because I feel like that's what they write. Cat Picard always does when someone dies. Yeah, <laughs> he just. I'm, I'll be alone for a little while. I mean, I like. I, first of all, I like that they start the episode in action. It's you know, it's not. It's not, uh, you know, well, we're, you know, we're mapping another area. And then it's just all them just chilling on the bridge. Yeah, looking and at then some getting a distress signal and then going over yeah, to get it. It's yeah. like you start it and you're in the action. Just really great. Not wasting any time. Such a lean script. But then, um, you know, it, it, it's also, uh, I don't know, just point by point. They, they go through all the protocols. They do all the things they have to do. It's just really... It's really efficient, this episode. Uh, I like Worf in nope. this episode, too. He's I great. Like he finally gets listened to. That's a really nice moment. We'll play that later. Emergency bulkheads have sealed the section off from the rest of the ship. There is no way to gain access to the main bridge or control centers. Survivors. Readings indicate at least 73 Romulans are still alive. 73? There were only four of us when we left. <laughs> That's 73. Yeah. Really what does that weird. mean? Does she mean there were more? Oh, that... Probably like 400 people on there. 400, maybe. I like that's what gotcha. I would. Uh, that's what I would guess from that line reading. Yeah, it seems like she should. there should have been something that, that said what how many there were. We had a crew of over 200. 73. We had 74 when we left. One of them must have been phased out by our new cloaking. I mean, um, one must be dead. <laughs> that's rough. Andy, how many melicoles do you cook a pizza at? Oh, uh, you got to do 550, 550 at least. 550 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would put the war- your warp core in danger. That's all I have more, to say. More people, by the way, have, uh, have emailed off uh, nice tips about uh, how to make a good homemade pizza. So uh, thank you for all of your suggestions. <laughs> Andy will come out opening his own version of Defara's on the <laughs> West Coast. Oh man, that'd be great! You'll do gangbusters! You'll 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 be the best uh, pizza man here. Oh man, to be a great pizza man, you'll get all your water shipped in from Brooklyn. <sighs> Gonna get special flour. Core, do you have an auto eject system? Yes, but it's not functioning. I'll have to do it manually. To warp, you too. Seal the chamber. Oh. I kind of wish Warp was like, do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I really thought this was going to be when Data showed up, was this moving this giant thing, but instead it's just Commander Riker who shows up and immediately, done, we moved it. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if there was some objection, like it was like, don't, well, I mean, come on, I should be able to move something, like if Frakes was like, I can't, I can't move it a little bit, we gotta have Data do everything? (laughs) Maybe Dorn uh, objected. Implosion in five seconds. Mirok. Enterprise, extend shields. Cut that timing a little close. That's all I'm saying. Also, great sci-fi that they have to eject the core and then the, the Enterprise has to extend the shields. It's just great action sci-fi writing. Uh, yeah, and, you know, McDowell, uh, still here for some reason. Yep. 
<laughs> they really want to. They really want to flesh out this McDowell character. I wish he got more episodes. <laughs> Is this it for McDowell? He's got to be another episode. I don't know. Let's find out. Da, 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 da. Don't wait on me. Uh, you 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 jumped you jumped the video. I thought you were oh. gonna do something. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, I wasn't Section waiting on you. I was Baker, allowing you bay. to have your artist brush mm. on the video. Sick bay. Really Excuse takes me. her a while of thinking everyone on the ship is um, rude. Excuse me, I need some help. I- <laughs> yeah, I think both her and Jordy are real slow on the uptake. Excuse me, I need some help. I, I guess it's like, what's more likely? Everyone's rude or you're invisible and can pass through things? Maybe uh, Ro with her personality issues has, uh, has offended so many people that this is the way most people interact. <laughs> Um, uh, it's Ro. Pretend we don't see her. Guys, if we pretend Jordy and Ro aren't here, they'll be so surprised at the surprise party. Somewhere else. <laughs> the Romulan ship. Another deck of the Enterprise. We've checked all those possibilities. The initial findings would seem to indicate that there was a radiation surge from the Romulan engine core which disrupted the signal and never rematerialized. We should check again. There might be something that we've overlooked. We've done everything that we can. You can kind of see this in two ways. You're right. I just hate making out. Go ahead. The critical way is everybody's real chill about losing uh, Roe, but particularly Jordy. Everybody's really like, you know, not reacting that that much. That's the critical take. The uh, the positive take is, well, maybe this is how you do react in Starfleet, particularly when you're still in the midst of stuff you got to do. I you think. Gotta I think. Push so. it down I and think... deal with it later. Death uh, in Starfleet is a is a fact of the business, and uh, it's really funny. Like the amount of time Picard waits around for them to scan what's going on with Data uh, when he thinks Data's blown up in the most toys, yeah. Versus the amount of time that he spends with these uh, this transporter malfunction. <laughs> He's true. like, I gotta, I gotta get. There's a territorial dispute. I have to get over to it. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think that really, that I really like that. That makes sense. That he's got, he's got bigger fish to fry. But the um, here we look at this. Kirk certainly all broken up in the moment with Spock, and then if you go back to, uh, sorry, I'm saying chronologically back to to uh, Discovery, they are yeah. constantly tearing themselves up over anyone that dies. Yeah, so, even people that they don't let talk until like the fucking episode they're going to kill them in. Yeah, maybe it's um, maybe they learn to be more emotionless during crisis situations, or maybe they're less human. Human. Oh, human. <laughs> Weirdly, I did not watch Wrath of Khan. Isn't that funny? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you watch the lesser ones. What are you I doing? Watched three, four, five, and six. Out of order. I watched six, three, four, and five. So strange. <laughs> and I did it with a generous skip button. I really skipped over some blah. What inspired it? Uh, I was going to watch Naked Gun two and a half. Yeah. You know, to continue my Naked Gun rewatch uh, that I started on Friday uh, whilst I was uh, trying to sort of, uh, you know, Stay in a funny zone. What is happening with my dog? 
You've seen the the original TV show of Naked Gun, right? Yes, because to me, it's infinitely superior to the movies. Yes, but also that I the this is a a completely on Star Trek related. But Leslie Nielsen, when he calls that first strike on that baseball field, yeah, and the crowd reacts, yeah, and he just starts calling everything a strike. Yeah, that's pretty fun. It's the fucking funniest sequence. Especially for a baseball fan. I yes, imagine. it's. The, I think it's the funniest baseball sequence in a movie. Yeah. Right uh, we're going to see McDowell in uh, Chain of Command also. Uh, finally. And apparently he's promoted to lieutenant by then. Nice. It's probably for his Sons actions in this episode. Could be. Although well, I don't know what he did. Captain, I'm right here. Not that I know of. But I'll check with the Bajoran liaison office. I'm not dead. I'll have the official reports ready within the hour. Captain, I don't know what's going on. Those of you at home, Picard just walked through a row. But she doesn't That's really, rude. She doesn't really get it until she tries to punch a desk. Dr. Crusher, I'm right here. Damn it! Do- That look right there says, why aren't I falling through all the decks into space? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of fast and loose with that stuff. Also, why do they end up in different places on the ship and not in the transporter room? Um, let's see here. Let's go back up to... Okay. Riker. Riker here. Power transfer appears stable in his end, Captain. Good. What is the status of the engine replacement? Engineering is modifying one of our subspace resonators to act as a new engine core. It won't do more than warp two, but it'll get them home. Very good. Captain, the diagnostic of the transporter system shows an anomalous energy fluctuation. I will need to inspect the imaging scanner in transporter room three. By all means. Captain, I have a personal favor to ask. I considered Commander LaForge to be my best friend. I believe it is my responsibility to plan and conduct the memorial service. Oh, I see. You don't think I'm your best friend. Um, Interesting. Well, there may be a future series that disproves that perspective. <laughs> I think you'll find uh, that I will be a good replacement for Commander LaForge. <laughs> may I have your I'm not even going to call him if I go on an adventure in my elder years. Do so. Permission granted. Make whatever arrangements you think are appropriate. Thank you, sir. So there you go. That's where he plays it. Like a real actor. That exhale, that's where he's sad about not being his best friend. He's like... (laughs) That is what's going on there. That's what internal is just like. I thought data... I can't believe it. I feel like we've had a lot of important conversations and... Oh, here's the moment where Worf is finally uh, acknowledged as a security person. Exciting. The Romulans want a computer. We cannot give them access to Federation technology. That is an unacceptable security risk. What about a computer core from 30 or 40 years ago? 
one the Romulans are already familiar with. That would be satisfactory. Check with the Enterprise, see what's available. But be sure that your concerns are addressed before we install it. Aye, sir. Thank you. <laughs> that is amazing. That is someone who's watching the show. I mean, obviously, they're all watching the show, but just like who's paying attention to things that happen and knows, oh, you know what? We should give Worf another moment here because he would react. This is the first time anyone said, well, maybe not the first time. I think there might have been one other time. But but it's really also like just the idea that like we all know this. We watch the show. We know that fucking uh, Worf is never, they never listen to Worf. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's meta, but it also is character organic, and uh, and also, by the way, Riker, fantastic solution. <laughs> it is a good solution. I like it on his feet. Good command decision. Oh boy, this crew really is the best of the best. <laughs> <laughs> and McDuffie, <laughs> McDowell. Oh damn it, McDowell. <laughs> A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of visual stuff here. Bro, boy, am I glad to see you. And I'm really glad that you can see me. It's like, it's like I'm here, but I'm not here. And no one can see me either. There's a lot of things in this episode where it feels almost like LeVar is in a reading rainbow. He kind of says a lot of things that are sort of like, he says it in the same tone of just like, but he it's also, like I'm here but I'm not here, kind he's, of I feel like he's also telling it to Ro in a way that hopefully she understands it because she's the one walking around thinking they're ghosts uh, well, yes, but he doesn't <laughs> he's like, no, no, not ghosts <laughs> <laughs> it really is funny that that's the argument the two Starfleet officers have, yep, we're ghosts, what? No, no, no we're not, you see, you can say, I'm like, no. Here, work. but I'm not no, here. No, it's obvious. No, no. Look, uh, Jordy, look. Look at me. Ooh. All right, that's very scary, see? but we're not ghosts. See? We're ghosts. <laughs> we are not ghosts. Look. Well, yeah, look. Can I see? But my, look at my hand okay. going through the wall. Let me explain Ooh. this to you as though you were a child watching a PBS program. <laughs> <laughs> she, she hasn't done that yet. Figure it out. One minute, we were transporting from the Romulan vessel, and the next... I wake up in the Arboretum with a splitting headache. Can you pass through things like bulkheads? Or is that just a skill I have? People? (laughs) Or am I just gifted? (laughs) Hey, uh, check this out. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can do that too, Jordy. This is a, an intense moment <laughs> where, they, where they slowly touch hands and hold them. <laughs> it really seems like we're wow. going to kiss. We're solid enough to each other. But we know that Jordy has other I mean, interests. if Ro was right, shouldn't they just now... I wish she was right, and they were dead, and they were ghosts, and yeah. they were walking around the ship, and like you were running into every dead person on like that had ever died on the Enterprise. Dude, that's a great episode! <laughs> That is like, a great episode. Like you just run into Tasha and like they're trying to welcome them here. And then maybe, you know, at the end we realize that it was just a alien uh, fucking with them. But that would be cool. Yeah. Sort of or you could thing. do a you could do a thing where it's like um, like people like Tasha are, are hanging around and it's not Tasha, but it is a manifestation 
of someone's energy like maybe data was thinking about tasha mm-hmm. so it's kind of like it's the same thing that they say about keeping keeping people alive who have passed on except it's a scientific sort of spin on it quick write it send it in okay i'm gonna get on tnt in the 90s expected, is it? what do you mean this death what we're dead jordy <laughs> is that some kind of a joke our patterns were lost in a transporter malfunction. We never rematerialized after leaving the Romulan ship. <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you saying? That we're some sort of spirits? Spirits? Souls? My people used to call them Borjas. Whatever term you want to use, wear it. But my uniform, my visor, I... Are you saying I'm some blind ghost with clothes? <laughs> By the way, I don't know if I really heard that line when I watched it before, but that's pretty funny. It's a pretty funny line. <laughs> I don't have all the answers. I've never been dead before. We are not dead. Although, According to Dr. Certainly, Crusher, if you believed died. in ghosts at all, that would certainly be a good disapproval of it, because <laughs> pretty much anything that a ghost wears would be insane. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's wearing tra- white robes. Like, why? He's but, wearing his suit that he died in. Why? Ghosts, you know, <laughs> ghosts are just, they just, you know, you project yourself, like when you're in the Matrix and you all of a sudden have a cool hair. Right, right. Transporter malfunction at 14.30 hours. Jordy, I saw her make out the death certificates. Which doesn't make sense because in the in the uh, in the Matrix, like there wouldn't there shouldn't be any ugly people. <laughs> That's a really good point. Part of my uh, my issue uh, with the Matrix, now that you bring it up, when it first came out, and in retrospect, I've really come to respect everything about it. But uh, at the time, I was frustrated because it was it was a Hollywood choice that Keanu Reeves looks like Keanu Reeves before he goes into the Matrix because he should have looked like just some schlump and had it played by a different actor or, you know, dressed up Keanu Reeves to look less less cool. And then once he goes into the Matrix... But he's oh, already, I guess at, but he's oh, at the, the beginning Matrix, of the movie, so he is in the Matrix. So it's yes. really the reverse. So it's when he goes out of the Matrix, he wakes up and he's a... Uh, He's a lame. Oh, he should be. It should be played like by, us. Played play by Andy Secunda. Right. Yes. <laughs> Let me plug oh back in. Oh my god! Whoa. Oh my god! What happened to me? I'm not Keanu Reeves anymore. <laughs> we need to make peace with our former lives. That's what I was taught. We have to say goodbye to the people who are in our lives. No. You may be ready for the afterlife, but I'm not. I don't see that we have much of a choice. I've done a lot of bad when things. I, was I up, am not ready to die yet. <laughs> I never got to tell Data I loved him. A choice. <laughs> when I was growing up, I never gave much thought to all the talk about Borjas. I figured that it was just superstition passed on to children. Fine. You go make peace with yourself, all right? I'm going to transport room three. I'm going to figure a way out of this situation. I like how he's immediately like, and I'm going through this fucking bulkhead because I hate it, and it would be so much easier if it wasn't here. I also love that he knows exactly where Transporter Room 3 is through the bulkhead. Oh, yeah. Come on. It's Jordan. That he's guy the knows the ship. ship in his fucking brain. Um, not to go on, not to continue on too much of a, of a Matrix digression, but I realized my issue was one thing, that he doesn't turn into an, uh, a, a nerd once he wakes up or some kind of schlump. 
but also that before he is in the life that is the cool life, like it's supposed to have him as an everyman at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but his life is already awesome. He's going to clubs. He's got like attractive people all around. That's it's, what you think an awesome life is. He's a sad hacker who lives alone. I don't think it's played <laughs> that way. But he still goes to awesome clubs. No, I don't think it's played that way. I think if you see that the, the beginning of that movie, I think it's played like he is friggin' awesome as a hacker. I think you're right. It should have been played that he's a sad hacker that's alone, and I don't think that's how it's played. Interesting. Andy, go revisit it and get back to us. You go, go revisit wrong, it. Sir. I'm no, right. You go revisit it and then get back to us about your feelings. Side note, I have no problem watching it again. Suddenly, their patterns just weren't there. I believe the cause of I mean, the accident... I mean, I don't know much about being a transporter, Chief. I've only been doing it ten minutes. I really you won't see me like, again. I really Maybe related. Say more about the Matrix. <laughs> the explosion no. on the Romulan <laughs> ship. Really? But that happened before we even arrived. In all likelihood, the explosion damaged the Romulan cloaking device causing it to discharge chroniton particles. I am detecting a chroniton field in here. Chroniton field? If the particles were produced on the Romulan ship, why are you detecting them here? The transporter beam. I suspect they traveled through the transporter beam. That may have been the cause of Geordi and Rose's death. I will go to the Romulan ship. Perhaps I can discover the source of the Spend so much time on her. Commander. What? Why would they spend so much time on her and McDowell, and yet Troy has no lines in the episode? Because you can't put Troy in the episode. Oh, because she'll sense people? She, sen- she would sense Jordy and Roe. That's I, why you can't put her in. I assume... She doesn't that, sense them because they're, they're, pa- they're knocked out. Oh, is that it? Yeah, at the beginning of the episode, she doesn't sense them because they're knocked out, right? I assume that there was sort of an element of, like, they were kind of, because the interfacing kind of puts them in a in a, in a a place where their emotions are not, like, on our plane of existence to some degree. Well, then maybe that could have been done with an explanation, but I think it would be too hard to have her in the show. Yeah. Let's see what... Transporter Chief Not O'Brien has to say about it. Are these chronotons dangerous? They pose no danger to humans. However, some of the ship's systems may have been affected by prolonged exposure. When I return, I will devise a method to eradicate them. You see the love in Jordy's eyes just building. Building. (laughs) And by eyes, I mean his visor. You can really sense it through the visor, though. Yeah. The Force sense and... There's no reason why that shouldn't work, by the way. To Ensign Rowe? No, to, to anyone. Doesn't it go through the ship, though? But you're a cloaked ship. You're, you're like the cloaking device, right? The, for some reason, the Romulan disruptor works. Or maybe it's like the Romulans have like some sort of uh, tech built into their shit that makes it cloakable Does it say, and functional. May I ask? I understand that they built it, this phasing technology, into the, the cloaking technology. But... Do they say specifically that they're cloaked? Because my interpretation was more that they were kind of, you know, uh, you know, phased than they were cloaked. Yeah, but it's both. So it's, I guess I felt like the it was phasing. The cloaking is that they're because invisible. you can't hear them either. So I feel like right. it's almost more like they're operating on a different plane somehow. Yeah, I mean, for the story purposes, let's just allow it to function as it does. But uh, it does, you know, they're they're cloaked and phased. Mm-hmm. 
So I'll, I'll allow the phasing to have fucked up their communicators. <laughs> and that's why they don't have phasers with them, because they cleverly were like, leave the phasers behind, otherwise you'd have your own weapon against the Romulan that's going to have a So defender. smart. I mean, beyond the fact that it's great for Starfleet to have left their weapons so they don't freak out the people there. It's, uh, it's just really smart storytelling. Mm. Side note, I don't... Uh, I don't care for what they're doing with the with um, Rose hair. I didn't like the previous iteration. I didn't. What I don't are like you talking about. It's I different. think just yeah. She did. She never had this headband before. Really? No. I always see her with a headband. I think she's. In she the might have had more it. Than she's not. She might have had it casually. She never. She definitely never. No, wore no. It. I mean, no. like, I think going forward, I think she has the headband all the time now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Ooh, this, I'm excited that there are a lot more episodes left. Ro I thought this might have been the last one. Row with a headband is how I picture Row. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I guess ah. I mostly know her from the first few episodes, so. I came here to say goodbye, everyone who I don't know. <laughs> All you day players. Ah. McDuffie or McDougal or McSweeney, whatever your name is. Extra number five, I'll never forget you. Also, should they be leaving the helm open? And nobody's in the captain's chair? Nobody's... It's just its crazy. Wait, how is she touching it? There were a lot of oh, what really to good point. experimental engine components lying around. Or is she just being very good at not going too deep? <laughs> it didn't look like that. <laughs> I'd say they were testing a new warp drive design and it blew up in their faces. That would explain why they're so far from Romulan space avoid being picked up by Federation long-range scans. We should have an engine core ready for them by 1900 hours. Commander, there'll be a memorial service. She just came out of the bathroom. Yeah, it's funny that Mr. she went that way. Arrangements. I'll be there. Me too. In fact, I might like to say a few words. You did know LaForge longer than any of us. Actually, I was thinking more about Ensign Rowe. Me? When you're ready, coordinate with Mr. Data. Wait a minute, what are you going to say about me? That's one of my favorite subplots in the show. <laughs> Is her really wanting to know what Riker's going to say about her? And being pissed off that she can't find out? Captain. I like when Jordy says, excuse me, Captain. I don't believe yeah. this. I'm dead. You can't even hear me, and I'm still intimidated by you. Still think she's dead. <laughs> You saw the death certificate, just, Matt. Sure. And we all know that Crusher's final, uh, final, Crusher's opinion is the final opinion. <laughs> Thank you. For trusting in me when no one else would. Hey. There you are. Excuse me, Captain. Listen, Data's taking the next shuttle back over to the Romulan vessel and we need to be on it. Why? Because I think that what happened to us... The answers are over there. Why can't you just accept the fact... Look, if you're right, then we're dead, and this doesn't make any difference. But if I'm right, then we're still alive, and I'm going to need your help. Hey, uh... He just goes through the fish tank. I'm out of here. <laughs> I looked in the script, and, um, and after Rose says, I'm here to say goodbye... says, no one responds, of course. She moves to the con position. The ND con officer... What does ND stand for? And non, non designated? It's like non commissioned. 
Night duty. Oh, that's probably what it is. Taps in a few commands on the console, then gets up to go check something at the aft science stations. So, Ronald Moore, he's on top of it. He didn't. She didn't leave her uh, post. She was just going to go check something. And then it says, Roe takes the opportunity to gently run her hand over the console as she says goodbye to this life. So that implies that she does touch it. So that was a mistake on his part. Doesn't say it. Doesn't say it, but we're interpreting it as a mistake. You fucked up, Ron. Tough luck, Ron. You suck, Ron. <laughs> Ron. Ron Moore. I'm planning a memorial service for Commander LaForge and Ensign Rowe. I would like you to participate. What kind of service? Captain Picard asked me to arrange a ceremony that was appropriate. I've given a great deal of thought to what is appropriate in this instance. Sir, Shuttlecraft 4 has not yet cleared the Romulan ship. Hold position here. This is weird. Listen to them plan our funeral. I find I am having difficulty deciding what kind of service to have. Do you have any suggestions? Well, human custom is to conduct a solemn, dignified service in which the dead are praised by their friends and loved ones. Ensign Rowe was a Bajoran. Her beliefs should be reflected as well. However, their death rituals are quite complicated. Please, not the death chant. The Bajoran death chant is over (laughs) two hours long. I'm not certain that either human or Bajoran rites are fitting. And I have researched the funerary customs of over 5,000 cultures to no avail. Shuttlecraft 4 has just cleared. Resume course. But I've decided to take it up with the human custom of when a goldfish passes. We will take their uniforms and flush them down the toilet. (laughs) I wish Data landed on something like that. I've done a lot of research. It seems like something that all human children do. (laughs) Jordy. He spoke to me as though I were human. He treated me no differently from anyone else. He accepted me for what I am. And that I have learned is friendship. But I do not know how to say goodbye. Seems almost human, doesn't he? Commander. I am Roe is like us watching the show. <laughs> He's got emotion. He doesn't know it, but he does. Not the proper person to advise you. Funny to interpret that as sarcastic. Fine. Oh, yeah, it's almost like he's acting like a human. I am very happy for Commander LaForge. He has crossed over to that which is beyond. For a Klingon, this is a joyful time. I mean, your friend dead, has theoretically died in the line a of duty. Oh. And he has earned a place among the honored dead. It is not a time to mourn. It's a time to party. Begin docking procedure. Data, that's a nice sentiment, but a little premature. That's a weird moment. I don't moment. plan on being commemorated before my time. What's weird that? moment. It feels like that line should have been moved uh, after Data finishes and then end the scene on, on Worf's thing. But then we would never know that they could dock. Well, I mean, you can still end on begin <laughs> docking kidding. procedure. I'm, I'm just saying, move that that speech up. This is this is another thing. I was like, wait a second, how come this guy can sit in a chair? <laughs> <laughs> Listen that to this. chair phased out also. 
Oh, really good point. Uh, here's a funny uh, here's a, here's a thing that should amuse you. After uh, Jordy says, um, but you're a little premature. I don't intend to get commemorated before my time. Rose shrugs, still more convinced than he that they have already died. <laughs> <laughs> She's just going along for the Contact ride. missions may have been responsible for the accident which claimed the lives of our officers. A most regrettable event, of course. Was your cloaking device damaged in the explosion? All of our systems were damaged, including the cloaking device. That explains the chroniton fields I am detecting in here now. For your own safety, it is important to eliminate those emissions. Our safety? There is no way to predict what will happen when the chronotons interact with the new engine core. I've never seen anything like this. I like, I like Jordy something. just peering into the cut, like, oh, it's really look smart. what's going on in here. It's his dream. On a second. It's the closest he can come to having sex back. with it. We got intelligence reports. Probably spends all day in the holotech uh, just removing panels from, from machines and going like, oh yeah, that's what's under the hood. Yeah, getting inside. So the Klingons um, were working. Uh, really well shot too. Who directed this one? Uh, um, they, they really like the the way they reveal the other guy and the slow build to him being aware of them is David, very subtle. David Carson, good job, Carson. Um, and we're we gonna get to in the scene. What were we saying? Just the you. You also, it's really good misdirection with the with the Romulan science officer that you kind of see him being surprised and impressed with the humans helping them. And yeah. it, it almost suggests, oh, it's going to change a little bit of the dynamic between them. And it's really nice because otherwise you would have been like, uh, when, the, when are the Romans going to fuck them over? But if you have that moment, then it really helps, helps you know, be, have us be surprised in this scene when the Romans are like really going to go for it, as always. Um, and so that's enough that you put a, cl- a ticking clock on it when they're going to try and blow up the Enterprise, and so that's why there's more uh, there's more pressure on Roe and, and Jordy having to fix it. And then on top of that, you have the turn with the other Romulan that's that's also been phased out. It's just, ah, uh, so many things happen, and it's all organic to the story, and it's all interesting. It's really good. Nicely and done. Improved. Nicely done, old TV show. All right, right, Ron. You're back. (laughs) You did it. You finally proved yourself. There were several accidents. (laughs) The Romulans might be pursuing that same technology, trying to combine an inverter and a cloaking device. And if this is the prototype... Then that would explain the explosion and the chronoton fields. And us. You mean we're cloaked? Not just cloaked. Phased. Our entire molecular structure altered so that we, we don't have any substance. And that would mean we're not dead. Yes, it would also mean that there's probably a way to deface us. Yeah, see, there you go. They don't have any substance. Field emissions are particularly strong in this area. You can be assured that the emissions will be eliminated before the engine core is replaced. Commander, may I speak with you? That would have made a great Romulan. Back, they're going to discover the interface generator. Is their power transfer beam still at full intensity? Yes, it will be until we're ready to switch to internal power. We will set up a muon feedback wave inside the transfer beam. The particles will accumulate in their dilithium chamber. When they go to warp speed, their engines will explode. Cool, we're Romulans again. Gotta get to the Enterprise and warn them. 
somehow. I don't know. But what we is have that to something that they can do now, but they can't do regularly? What are you talking about? I don't know. It seems like that's a thing that Romulans would have tried before. To screw Romulans have never had an energy beam going to the ship from the ship. Uh, I see. There you yeah. go. That's the answer to my question. Thank you. I think I say, the Romulans in showing... Picard are much prettier than these Romulans. Before the ship goes into warp. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's appropriate, but... Andy needs a girlfriend. <laughs> of both sexes. Andy needs a girlfriend. <laughs> or <Just> Romulan. <laughs> Three more chroniton fields have formed aboard the Enterprise in the last hour. There's no reason why the interface device would be producing new fields on board this ship. We should begin decontamination immediately. Run an internal sensor sweep for the locations of all chroniton fields on the Enterprise. Aye, sir. The following areas are showing contamination. Sick bay. Transporter room three. Main bridge. Captain's ready room. Shuttle bay two. And main engineering. Bro, take a look at this. I do not understand how these new fields have formed. No transporter beam has been active in any of those areas, and I cannot see that they have anything in common. Oh, yes, they do. In fact, they seem to be appearing at random. No, they're not. We were in every one of those locations. Somehow, we're leaving chroniton footprints behind us. Can you narrow the focus of the scan to pinpoint the locations? Not with the internal sensors, Commander. Go to science station two on the main bridge. Use a lateral sensor array to get a more precise reading. I will modify an anion emitter to eliminate the fields once they've been isolated. Why don't you go with her and see what the lateral sensors turn up? I'm going to stay here with Dana. Right. Surprise, surprise. This guy looks more yellow than the other Romulans. Uh, they're just—I think on Enterprise and Enterprise lighting, they're 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 yellower because gotcha. they're greener, really, because they're Vulcan. Hmm. You see? Do not move. Yes. I can see you. Who are you? Doing it, doing it his post on the Romulan ship before they got there. He's just sitting there, like, pretending to hit buttons that he couldn't actually affect. I think he was just, I'm phased. Oh, no one's ever going to see me. I might as well sit down. What a drag. What a bummer this is. <laughs> might as well pretend I'm part of the crew. At least that'll give me some some, some satisfaction. Maybe he was looking at the uh, little monitors, hoping to get some information. Do you think he stayed there when people sat down in him? <laughs> he probably didn't even bother. <laughs> Ugh, this is depressing. <laughs> he's probably been like, it's stuck. He's, maybe he's been phased for like three months. <laughs> That's a good supply. This disruptor works. I was wearing it when I was changed. Now where is he? Seems like, like what's his plan? I think he wants to be turned back to solid. But why is he because being so aggro with how they do things? They're just the worst. They're always super secret. Well, this is this was sort of ties into my question. I think I had in a recent episode. I think about bringing other 
species into Starfleet and what you reveal to them or not, how are you ever going to be friends with the Romulans? Isn't it part of their culture to be devious? And I think I said the Ferengi, but the Romulans are really the ones that are the best well, example. Well, I think, you know, that's explored in uh, Picard, you know, to a, to a satisfactory way. <laughs> Is it? No. Yeah. It's, it's explored, but it's sort of like they're still fighting the Romulans, and I don't know. The turn was a smart one uh, for Klingons, which is to turn them from villains into sort of honorable but warlike. Um, whereas I don't know what kind of turn you do with really Ferengi. Well, I guess I'll have to see DS9, but definitely with... Uh, with Romulans, it seems like that's a little bit of a stretch. Well, Romulans could just sort of uh, put their differences aside, start to embrace logic again, and, uh, you know, be emotional Vulcans. Yes, but then you would be changing them from who they were as opposed to saying, you, we are now, we now misunderstood each other, which is kind of what where you get with Klingons. We misunderstood you. We didn't understand each other, and now we can sort of agree Look, on things. I've never trusted Klingons, and I never will. I never <laughs> forgive them for the death of my boy. Well, they did kill your son, yes. How much of a badass is Ro? Walking through the door, immediately figures it out, she kicks the gun so out of his hand. She walks so much faster than that guy. She's great. She thought it through. Don't undersell it. Rose a badass. So is Worf, but he's not phased right now. Because if Worf was phased, boy, oh boy, he would be doing so much stuff. I really love this this Ferris Bueller like them oh, running yeah. through the, through the things through like lives. Ferris running through the backyards. <laughs> the lady in the towel, the guy doing push-ups. <laughs> really funny. Tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's the day I'm going to tell Worf that I want to join security. (laughs) Gotta get out of the historical department. (laughs) I like the uh, couple having dinner. Yeah, they got a nice spread. I mean, the fact... Seems like it might be more of a date. That guy seems like too... I don't know. Maybe this is a cynical perspective on marriage <laughs> for understandable reasons. <laughs> Seems like he's, a I, I just I just sabotaged that one because I talked about my sad marriage situation. <laughs> um, now, how do you feel, buddy? Um, what do you mean that, I, does, is that not accurate? Do you not need a girlfriend now? I mean, you're really just you're you're reading into the couple you, that's on like screen for 14 seconds. <laughs> I feel like you're digging yourself a bigger hole, but you do whatever you want. Um, a bigger hole with whom? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know you're right. Uh, I've uh, had a marriage that fell apart on me, and now the, <laughs> it's the appropriate time for you to uh, play a, a little jingle, mocking me for my uh, my well, situation. I just think the fact that you guys never sat down for dinner like this might be part of why it failed. They've been married for a very long time. This couple. You, you're right. That is probably one of the reasons that my whole life fell apart, Matt. Wait, you're saying it was your whole life now? But it was my marriage. Yeah, you're out there dating, seeing the town. You know, I'm I sure see. there's a pandemic and you're not doing anything, but still, <laughs> sure, <I'm> completely <laughs> alone now. And yeah. uh, there's there's horrible, horrible. The streets are on fire, but outside of that, I got dates uh, plenty. 
Um. Anyway, you got a date with me every time we record this podcast. Oh Jesus! Now it's getting even sadder. This is when I look into the I look into the Zoom like this. Sorry, I don't have you on screen right now. (laughs) It's inaccurate. (laughs) (laughs) He did a happy face, and he knows what I what I look like is focused at my happiest. Well, this guy's doing push-ups so many times here. <laughs> that guy, that guy eats that very creepily. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's some kind of a, a medical situation. Maybe he can't eat. <laughs> he's also closing his eyes at the end. Maybe he's closing his eyes because. By the so, way, what so is the yummy. disruptor setting? What is the disruptor setting for hurt her knee? <laughs> yeah, he said it was. Is it dis- disruptors only kill, or do they have stun settings? I'm sure they have many settings. Yeah. I love this. Love a row fight ben, scene. Excuse me, Lieutenant. Row! I'm detecting a proton field. That the day player kind of leans against the door like, well, who do we have? Oh, it's Data. <laughs> like he kind of is going to have a casual conversation and then he's shocked. Also, Jordy just straight up murdered this guy. Into, into death. <laughs> It's pretty cool that he pushes him out into space, and then we get to see him flying away. <laughs> Thanks. Anytime. Oh, also, I've been hitting the disruptor with a disruptor in the leg, so I, I'm gonna be limping around. Up? Oh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> it's there, and when they go to war, incoming message from the this Romulan terrible ship transporter chief is helping us. Now what? Installation of the new engine core has been completed. We are ready to switch to internal power enterprise. Understood. Disconnect the power transfer beam. And then you shall be destroyed. We are destroyed. now on internal Whoops. power. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, what did you say? Uh, nothing. Just uh, turn on your engines. Uh, oh, just go well, to warp. I mean, and our engines are already on. Just, Why oh, all right. We, well, yeah. then, there you go, and soon you'll be destroyed. What? What do you mean? What? You oh, sorry. Nothing. Oh, you said I soon, I'll, soon I'll be destroyed. No, I failed my Romulan classes. Okay. Well, you are just a science officer. You're not used to this command thing. Well, you when you speak, you must speak fully and uh, clearly. I okay. appreciate that. Goodbye forever. You'll soon be dead. <laughs> what do you mean, goodbye forever? I'll soon be dead. No. <laughs> Captain Picard, please accept my sincere thanks on behalf of the Romulan Empire. Don't listen to him, Captain. It's our pleasure, Mirok. And I hope that this example of cooperation between our two peoples will not be an isolated incident. <laughs> he was he's being, I, he's being diplomatic there, but he even seems a little bit weary to give set a crap. The Garadius system. Uh, I like now I got now I got to pretend that the freaking Romulans are going to be our friends, which I know they're not going to be. They're going to pull something. He's done it so many times. I feel like he's helped out Romulans, and then they're all like, mm, "Just kidding, sucker." Yep. Where's Tomalock? Warp six. Don't, 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 don't. Captain. I'm still running the decontamination program. Mr. Data believes we shouldn't engage. I wish that they just blew up right there and we showed the uh, the fill-in helmsman go, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to say engage, but I wait. I didn't wait. I didn't wait. <laughs> <laughs> 
engage the warp drive cool until I've cleared all the chronotons fields from the ship. Flying in space well, forever until they find somebody. Sweep. Yes, sir. Wait, so that's what you imagine would happen? The ship would fly past them. You don't think they would die in the explosion? I guess they wouldn't. No, they would be unaffected. They'd they just, just end up in space, dead in space, floating yeah. with the... Uh, Not even dead. They'd be alive in space. No, they'd be dead. Well, I guess, yeah, eventually they would die. No, wouldn't they just be dead because there would be no oxygen? Don't they need to breathe oxygen? Well, that's that's what I don't understand. I feel like they're not really on our plane. They, they can walk through walls and stuff. So what what rules yeah, of our existence walls, apply? they need oxygen. Do they? How yeah, because you know? they also because their shoes work. Yeah, but that that conflicts with the fact that they can walk through stuff and every time they touch something yeah, except yeah, for the one time work. that she touched and that, that one guy sat and uh, she also can feel her console sometimes <laughs> maybe the shoes are the only things that, that phase through and nobody they're the only things that are solid and just nobody's looking down to see the shoes walking down nobody sees the boots. <laughs> invisible man style down the hallways just yeah just like the carpet just gets impressed yeah as they walk more than a millisecond Somebody's going to have to be looking directly at us. Then we're going to have to go somewhere with an awful lot of people. Riker's bedroom. I was just thinking that. Well, I said it first. Ha! I have it written down so I can show you my notes. So many people go through there. I've been through there. I like how they both shimmied in like those doors weren't going to... Oh, yeah, good point. It's all very messy. But in a good way. I've been thinking about the first time I met George LaForge. A young officer assigned to pilot me on an inspection tour. And I made some offhand remark about the shuttle's engine. I wish he leaned in and just kissed his (laughs) (laughs) What if it's a story? What if it's a, what if, if it's a, an unflattering story about him? <laughs> he didn't understand anything about him and efficiency, but I, I felt am- like he had some potential, and so I. <laughs> he was rubbing his temples. Had uh, you taken his visor off? And I said, "How many fingers am I holding up?" You see, you see, Commander, he's he's blind. <laughs> it's uh, not an appropriate joke, but he's but gone but now. I suppose he, it won't uh, hurt his chuckled. feelings. That's all I'm saying. He chuckled, and when yes, he chuckled, he, he I knew it. I wanted him on my command. Not being what it That's the story you're telling. Next morning, I found <laughs> set up all night, refitting the fusion initiators. Well, I knew then that I wanted to have it with me on my next command. Have you decided what you're going to say about Instant Row? Yes, I have. It wasn't easy. Situations like what? these. Are I've slept with a lot of people on the ship. Uh, sorting out what exactly to say about this particular person I slept with is hard. What? Also, I was really going to talk about what a terrible officer I think she is and how I don't <laughs> think she's fit for the Enterprise and how I'm glad she's gone. <laughs> I like where, uh, where Data lands on this. We've got a New Orleans I think Data meant to have a trombone put there, or when he coordinated with Riker, Riker was like, make sure there's a trombone for me. Oh, good question. I assume that uh, Riker maybe always has that trombone there in 10 forward. <laughs> always a 10 forward. <laughs> what is going on here? In case he wants to. It's our memorial, it. sir. 
it's like a guy in a stash of real liquor is next yeah. to a trombone. <laughs> sure. This? Why not? I don't believe this. They think we're dead and they're having a party? <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Come on, let's get started. Oh, it feels like I'm in New Orleans Square at Disneyland. Well, this is unusual. Yeah. I think I like it. Because this finally makes sense over here. Now I suppose I'll never know what you were going to say about me. I think I had I this, this. <laughs> a still of this I had signed by Frakes that I got at a Star Trek convention when I was a kid. With Roe in it? Yes, with the, the fa- with the disruptor going through his head. Oh, that's a great thing to have. I love that moment. I love that she's, she's ticked off. Do you think the other is a little flirtatious? Appropriate. So I guess they left it open. I thought this might have been our last episode. So they left it open because they were still thinking, oh, we're building a thing. And so we don't really want to have him say what he feels about her yet. They're building some kind of relationship between them. What do you mean? I think they've built it. Well, that they were going to play with it a little bit more and, you know, and have uh, more of an interaction, a romantic interaction between them. No, not a romantic one, Andy. I'm sorry. Well. I'm sorry. I'm not saying if that's what happens. I'm just saying that's what it seems like they're leaning into in this moment. I think it's less about that and more about the fact that he's always riding her ass for being a terrible officer. Well, you have the benefit of... Of hindsight, so I won't argue Look, the point. You further. have the benefit of having your life ruined by a divorce. What's, what is it? Yes. <laughs> How is that relevant? I don't know. You, I just feel like bringing it up again. <laughs> you sure do. I think we're all seeing who Matt Myra is in this episode. Yep. Just here. Look around you, David. Everybody's sharing their memories of Geordie and Ro laughing and talking. What could be more appropriate than that? I am glad you approve. Rossmore to Commander Data. Go ahead, Chief. I'm sorry to disturb you, sir. We've cleared the critical areas of chronotons, but we've detected a new field forming in 10 forward that's stronger than any we've seen before. Should I wait till after the service is over before beginning decontamination? No. Anyon emissions are harmless. Please begin immediately. Aye, sir. Aye. Here we go. Very good. <laughs> They look like they're forcing it on themselves. They're forcing what? They look like they're choosing to make it happen. Like, they're they're just closing their eyes and wishing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can you see us, Lieutenant? We're right here, War. Oh, damn. We have I don't to have anyone to talk to, to at this party. Does Worf hear them? You think he must, right? I uh, I don't know. It does not. Strength. I don't think it's played that way. What is he looking at then? Result of that in- I think he's being <laughs> uncomfortable because he doesn't like parties. Damn. We have to find a way to increase the emissions. Can I talk to about punching? Result of that incident at Gadon Four. I think she would have made Lieutenant Commander by now. Bridge to Captain Picard. Go ahead. Incoming message from Garadius Four, sir. The diplomatic situation is deteriorating. They want an update on our ETA. Stand by, Ensign. We have to do something now before they go into war. The disruptor. I could put it in overload. Do it. Here's the other thing too. I was wondering is like you know when a when a phaser or a disruptor goes into overload, it's a pretty big explosion, and they have nothing to hide behind. 
It's true. How big an explosion is it? I mean, it's pretty powerful. Canonically. It's go. Where do they go? They go hide behind something. I would like to get on the way. Behind a planter. <laughs> behind a planter that obviously isn't going to affect it because they're, they're phased. So is the... Oh, my God. Why don't they understand yet? <laughs> also, they lay down. They, they should have just fallen through the ground <laughs> and be hanging by their shoes in the next deck. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Why did they just leave the room? As soon as possible. That's because the shoes the are still solid. Gradius 4 is becoming serious. I see no reason to delay our departure. Chronoton fields have been cleared in Excellent. Mr. McDowell, will you set a course for Gradius 4 and engage Commander it? Data, Chronoton field strength in 10 forward has just increased by 3,000%. Curious. Rossmer's still Captain, on it. I believe we should decontaminate this room before getting underway. Well, she she already like she start her day started by killing two beloved officers. <laughs> she's she's probably so gonna be she's pretty like, focused. I gotta, I gotta really make up for lost time here. <laughs> I gotta I gotta really do the rest of this right. I gotta stay here at Science Station Two, even though I'd like to be at the party. But whatever. Chief. Yes, Commander. Increase anion emissions to six thousand particles per second and decontaminate this area. Okay, hang on. <laughs> they hold each other a lot in this episode. That's because they're the only things they can hold. Yeah, I guess that's true. Did you see that, Mr. Data? No. Data, you were right. Yes, sir. I'm your best friend. Come Come on, Nina. Put it all together now. These were not ghosts. What did we see? I believe I may know what has happened, sir. Data, please be right. Picard's so quick to say they're not ghosts, but I think... There could they could be ghosts. I yeah, wish how do you know? Like, how does he they know? They must be ghosts. Yeah. Really? Explain the mysterious chronoton field. <laughs> It'd be funny if, if Rose started to argue with him. Then you know you don't know that we're not ghosts yet. <laughs> if they were cloaked in some way, you say that they're still alive. I am right, sir. They are, and in this room, their brief appearance coincided with the Anion sweep. Perhaps the Anion's neutralize the cloaking effect. Chief Prosmer. Yes, Commander. Set the anionic beam to its highest <laughs> level and flood 10 forward. Aye, sir. <laughs> We're wishing so hard. <laughs> Tinkerbell, more fairy dust. <laughs> I wish Riker was still playing his trombone and just went... <laughs> <laughs> Did you see it? Of course. Also, like, if they had to poop or pee, like, where does it go? <laughs> I mean, I assume you can poop or pee. It just won't go anywhere. It kind of just flies out into space <laughs> it or just something. Goes into space. <laughs> that might be the best thing to do. The Forge Engineering, take the warp engines offline until further notice. That'd be your living nightmare, Andy. You wouldn't be able to eat anything. Unless it was I know. with you. Ugh, they must have I been know, so that's hungry. a really good point. So I guess they would have starved to death. This yes. certainly doesn't... It doesn't hit their radar at all that they haven't drank water in two days. Unless, unless <laughs> they've been drinking wave. their pee. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's maybe, is that the hidden story? Yeah, I think that might be it. <laughs> they've been putting it inside of uh, their boots. Yeah. <laughs> the half-phase boot. 
Sure. And drinking it like they've just won some sort of race and it's champagne. Building up inside the dilithium chamber. Captain, who gave that order? That was Commander Geordie LaFour, Jensen. Please follow his instructions. Well, la-di-da, you see why I'm asking? We were like, Geordie's dead. I mean, I don't like the tone, Captain. (laughs) (laughs) It really is like... (laughs) It's kind of rude. Captain, who gave that order? That was Commander Geordie LaFour, Jensen. Please follow his instructions. Aye, sir. Weird. (laughs) Well, it looks like a great party. You don't mind if we join you? (laughs) It's not for you, it's for us. Data, I heard what you said about me. And my best Jordan, friend is Barkley. It is good to see <laughs> so you. So there. Thanks, Dana. I'm sorry. Never been to a better funeral. Also, I don't know if you noticed, uh, when uh, when they start rephasing back into reality, the, uh, mm-hmm. the band is playing When the Saints Go Marching In. I didn't put it together. Yeah. That's clever. Um, other side note, uh, they leave McDowell the freaking bridge? Who is this guy? <laughs> He's in charge of the bridge right now. Everyone else of importance is busy. <laughs> McDowell. At least on uh, Discovery, when they have that scene, they show the bridge being automated. Right. Like they left everything on autopilot and everyone's down on the in the shuttle bay. <laughs> Which in and of itself is weird. <laughs> Could you pass the rolls? We've been eating for over an hour. This is what Come I would on. be like in every episode. We didn't eat for almost two days. I'm hungry. I bet it's fresh baked right out of the re- replicator. What's That's wrong? how I would make it. Fresh baked. Fresh baked bread replicator. I wonder if it could do it. Why couldn't it? Why wouldn't it be able to? Well, I mean, it just never would taste as good, right? It would never taste as good, but it would probably taste better than regular bread that you buy because fresh baked bread there's nothing nothing better than fresh baked bread as i've discovered Correct. recently because i'm trying to bake bread if you had the um the because uh, it's the law that i have to learn to bake bread now republic yes that Isn't butter that the is best that butter that normandy butter so good I think is that what it was normandy butter, butter. Yep. Uh, yeah i guess that must be it because i love salt Come on. and i love butter I was raised with Bajoran beliefs. Here we go. I even followed some of the practices. That's where I got this headband. I never really believed in a life after death. And then suddenly I was dead. And there was this other life. And it made me feel like I'd been pretty arrogant to discount everything I'd been taught, you know? Now I don't know what to believe. Well, maybe we should develop our own interface device. If we can teach Rolaren humility, we can do anything. (laughs) (laughs) 
I am full of myself. <laughs> what if they then fly off into space? They Please. actually are still phased. Wait a second, Dano, you need to run more. Oh. Um, you know, it's not that bad a joke. I like the joke. Why do they have to have them laugh that hard? I hate that trope. Just have them chuckle and then move on. Too long. Um, huh? Too loud? Too, no, the the laughing is too long. Too much, too much. Does it say um, at the end they laugh like it's the end of a sitcom in the script? Good, <laughs> good question. I'll look. The other thing I was going to say is uh, clearly her line is meant to be there so that it sort of you know covers all beliefs and everything that like yeah. Even though we're saying it was a science reason, there still could be spirits and there still could be an afterlife, which is uh-huh. that's reasonable. Except her thing is. At first, I didn't believe that there was an afterlife. Then, I thought there was. But at the end, it was proved that there isn't one. So, wouldn't no, she just go no, back no. to... No, no, She just wasn't dead yet. Uh, well, why... I guess I'm saying this So, she's incident... saying... What she's saying is, like, at first, I, I didn't think there was an afterlife. And then when I thought I was dead and in the afterlife, I was fully believing. Yeah, but it was proved wrong for her. That she wasn't... She, all that was proved was that she hadn't died. It wasn't, yes, it wasn't proved wrong, but it was, it wasn't, there's no evidence that her original thought isn't correct. There is. There's no new evidence. Right, right, but what, what I think what happened for her emotionally was that when she was, when she thought she was dead, she sort of reconnected with that past belief. Yeah. All right. You know, so it was more, more present in her mind. Seems, but all seems, that, all that, it, like she was. She, don't look. Don't argue with Ron Moore. Seems a little suspect. I think Ron Moore is not the writer I thought he was. Well, we'll see. I take well, everything back. How much back. of a laugh is at the end here? Listen to this. Um, uh, maybe we should develop our own interface device. If it can teach Ro Lauren humility, it can do anything. She looks at him. There's a beat, and they both share a laugh. And then there's another line, which is Ro says, "You know." I think I am hungry after all. He grins and passes her a plate of food and they dig in. That's better. a better ending. No, I think that the ending they had. <laughs> no, the meeting. With, with less laughter. Eating. That's what I want to see. With less laughter, I think would have been no, better. Yeah, no, for certain. Sure, sure, sure. Of course. But I think I to end it with maybe I am hungry. I don't know. That's a good ending. Yes, that's a good ending for Andy. Maybe I am hungry. And I could Andy eat needs a ghost. A sandwich. Where is that jingle? <laughs> Oh, did we it? We had it. Someone sent it to us. Do you want me to send it to you again? Uh, yeah, if you can find it quick. I mean, I should have played it so many times today. I know. You need a sandwich all the time. Uh, I could use a sandwich. What have your big meals been lately? Anything I should get? Big meals. Uh, Any, like... Uh, what have your meals that you know from something big? <laughs> <laughs> Secundas claim to fame. I sent it to you. I know I'm from something big. Um, uh, big meals. I have been. Um, I ordered from this place where you make your own pizza. As on my on my road to making my own pizzas, and uh, everyone will be amused to know because I don't have one of those things you kind of pick up the pizza and then slide it in. Yeah. I also think I let the dough go too long, so it got a little too sticky, even though I floured it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them came out perfect. 
and the other one <laughs> just got stuck and fell onto the thing and it just became a giant slop of tomatoes and cheese and dough. You strike me as a guy who would have a pizza stone. Uh, I I am now actually uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the people uh, one of our good listeners um, suggested uh, a thing to get and so I'm going to get it. Um, but you know that my favorite breakfast burrito uh, in Los Angeles is at Frank's, which is next to the WGA. Uh, so like Fairfax and Beverly, a couple yeah. buildings down. Uh, their sausage breakfast burrito. They recently started popping up on Postmates. Oh, really? What's it called? Frank's. Oh. You so, like that better than Kofax, huh? I do, yes. Yeah. Oh, and I would oh. say get the side of sour cream with it and then just like go to town with the green salsa and the sour cream. Ooh. Yeah. All thumbs right. up. So when I found them on Postmates, I was like, I need to order. And then I ordered two burritos and like some french fries one day and that was like $19 (laughs) and I was like you know what the next day I ordered was which was after you know that that particular intersection was uh sort of ground zero for a lot of the uh smashing and grabbing that was happening they were still open and I ordered like six burritos yeah and it was still so cheap (laughs) they're the best by the way, Matt and I were uh, were musing uh, when they broken into the Mac store down the block from him um, that uh, it would have been uh, amusing to see us in the video as uh, after all of our debates about what computer I should get, and it would just be us kind of like arguing in the yeah. video about Helicopter like no, not footage. that, don't get a MacBook Pro. What are you doing? Uh, Andy and I arguing <laughs> outside of a looted Apple store <laughs> over which box he should be taking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we'll have to get Frank's. Oh, and I sent you the thing. So, yes, Andy needs a sandwich. Everyone here from it Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins is. Let me actually let me firmly place it into our uh, soundboard here. I'll put it right next to the other Can't Andy needs a deep behind the scenes. Andy needs a sandwich and a pizza and some ice cream and some donuts. And a good pizza to cover up the bad pizza. <laughs> and some tacos. And a burger. And some french fries. And a milkshake. And some cookies. And some onion rings. Matt needs a pizza too. Pretty much summed it I up right there. I feel like we've said at some point, or I said at some point, that I had to order another pizza to cover up the bad pizza, or you did. I feel no, like you that's something. You 100% said that. I've definitely said that. Yeah. <laughs> it's reasonable. Uh, all right, Andy, it's time for our MVC. Well, you could say it was, uh, what's her name? Brosser? Yep. For, she does for cause the problem. Task. So, um, I mean, ultimately, I, who saves the ship? Jordy. Oh. But Data does so much. He, I like, know, but he saves doesn't the people save at the, the beginning. Ship. And, well, I mean, he's the one that puts it all together. Yep. It's 100% Data. <laughs> Jordy does do a lot of the math, though. Yes. Data puts it together along with Data, and they don't even know they're working together. I but, don't know. Uh, maybe, you could say, maybe you could say it's half and half. I'm going to give my, my vote to Jordy. All right. 
Jordy, you get it. Data, you also get it. That's half and half. Dun, 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 dun. There's the half and half song. We sit and watch and then we hang and talk. But the podcast isn't over just yet. How many Andy's does this episode get? It's really good. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah. That seems reasonable. But it's just so well written. Does it reach a nine? I think it very well could. It's funny. I love back this episode. I, I watched it a lot. I know. It's great. Um, do I give it a nine? It's it's really just like... Well, why don't you talk about why it wouldn't get a ten? Because it's like uh, a top-level basic episode. Like, mm-hmm. it's like not like a special episode. It's not like, right. oh, my God, you find out this thing. Yep. It's not like a huge crisis they're dealing with. It's just a really well-written sci-fi episode of, of Next Generation. And so it's interesting, like, how do you rate that? Because I've, we've, at least I've tended to rate the ones that are, like, shocking or unique or cut above, as well as being an amazingly written episode. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't really do that. That's why I would almost agree with you. Um. Yeah, but it's, it's, the, it's the upper echelon of episodes before you get to the greatest episodes of all time. But it's so well written, I'm going to give it a 9. There you go. Average 8.75. And then uh, speaking of the best episodes of Trek, uh, traditionally uh, next week's episode, Andy, is The Inner Light, which you've seen, I believe. Uh-huh. Which I think, by the way, didn't really need uh, to be included in the Picard. Uh, you got to watch this before Picard. <laughs> no, it's spoiled. And for um, what? But we, you know, we uh, inner light uh, trailer here. Let's take a gander at the trailer. I will uh, bring it up. Do you have? A, hey, you can just listen to it. You've seen it here. Sure. Mystery of unknown origin. Record is sick bay. The captain's hurt. Traps Picard in another world. My prisoner here. And another man's soul. This is not my life. Destined to spend eternity on a doomed planet. You simply cannot let this civilization die. Until fate. Cayman. Strikes a fatal blow. The captain is under attack. I'm losing him. On Star Trek, the next generation. That episode we just watched of Voyager time and again and the Patreon kind of has some similar elements of a civilization that's on the verge of destruction. Um, I would not put those anywhere near each other because there's no time travel happening in that one. You know what I mean? There's a metaphorical time travel happening. Yeah, but it's not time travel. <laughs> well, you could, you could you could argue that I there's at the least voy- a no, thematic I think, tie. I don't like think I understand that the that on one, a technological level, it's not exactly the same no, thing. The Voyager one doesn't. The Voyager, the, the Voyager one is about trying to prevent a destruction. The the Picard one is about the unpreventable destruction and living a life on the, as that civilization. Like, it's not like Paris and Janeway decide to really live it up as Kalto province members. 
and, and really take in that culture. It would be great if, if Paris's decision in that episode was just like, ah, screw it. We're doomed. I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to stay here. But if you stay here, Paris, you'll never get to meet any of the Delaney sisters. You're right, uh, Janeway. I better sisters. go back. Uh... That does it, everybody. I hope you all uh, enjoyed uh, this. We're almost at the end of season five. This is crazy. It is crazy. I feel like we we, more to go. We hit a skid, and then suddenly we're on fire. We're like burning through these. Well, the skid we hit was work. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That was our skid. Yeah. Our quote unquote skid was having to be at work from 7 a.m. to question mark. And then we were saved by a global pandemic. <laughs> and then you were saved by ABC's own decision-making. That's right. <laughs> um, anyway. Look. It's going to be interesting. Times Arrow 1 and 2. That's the season 5 and 6 cliffhanger. That's, suppose, that's a great one, right? I don't thought, actually thought know what the ge- I don't know what the general opinion is of those two. Oh, interesting. I like them. Yeah, but like I definitely have heard those am- mentioned, and I believe it you? in a positive way. Yes, but oh, I could be wrong. It's probably because you were like, "What would it be like if?" Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. Actually. Yeah, don't spoil anything. Yeah, not spoiling. I'm not spoiling. I'm is closing it as good the as hailing frequency. The Voyager episode, time and again, though. That's my question. Well, you know, as you say, time and again is a lot like iborg you know because that kid starts out as their enemy yeah but then becomes their friend the kid, the kid that's not a kid in iborg the kid is hugh <laughs> and then the other kid is that journalist kid who th- who paris tells them is the demon that's right anyway all right get out there everyone and be order calm. your breakfast burritos yes disengage Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone, it's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month.